As has been announced, I want to speak upon a subject I have entitled the Ombudsman. No doubt you are aware that this week at the Stormont Parliament it was announced that the Westminster Ombudsman or Parliamentary Commissioner had been appointed as the Ombudsman for Northern Ireland. His duty is one of arbitration. If some constituent brings a complaint to a member of parliament and that member of parliament is unable to get satisfaction from the government department concerned, then the constituent and the member of parliament can go to the ombudsman and he has full powers to arbitrate between the government department concerned, the minister of that government department concerned, and the constituent who lodged the original complaint. As I was thinking of the duties of the ombudsman, my mind reverted to the ninth chapter of Job. And Job desired to have an ombudsman. He wanted one to arbitrate, a middleman, a mediator, to stand between him and his God. If you have your Bible and you look with me at the ninth chapter of Job and verse 32, Job complains and he says, God is not a man. He is the infinite, the eternal, the immutable, the unchanging one. And I am just a mere piece of clay. I am a nobody and a nothing. And he says, for he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. And Job says, how can I stand in the judgment? A poor guilty, vile sinner, and God, the thrice holy, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God of heaven. How can I do it? And then he cries out, and he says, neither is there any days, man, betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. And he longed for someone so great, so infinite, so eternal, that he could put his hand upon the very hand of God. And he longed for one so humble, and so human, and so tender, and so loving, and so forgiving, 
that he could put his other hand upon Job the outcast. Job the sinner. Job the piece of clay. Down yonder in his darkness, in his sickness, and in his disease. My friend, Job longed for a middleman, an arbitrator, a mediator, an ombudsman, an umpire, someone to, to stand and make a case for him and plead for him and work for him and get some sort of satisfaction for him. But he says, neither is there a day's man. But I'm glad tonight in the full revelation of the gospel glory, praise God there's a day's man tonight. Thank God there is one who is infinite and eternal and unchangeable. And he can put his hand into the very hand of God. But thank God there is one who is loving and tender and compassionate and meek and lowly and human. And he can put his hand in my hand. And he can bring God and man together. And that one is the great ombudsman of heaven, the great umpire of eternity, the great mediator from glory. And his name is Jesus Christ. Now I want to deal with this matter tonight in the great arbitration case between God and the sinner. Could I say that the ombudsman has some things absolutely essential to him and his work. A mediator, an umpire, an arbitrator has some things absolutely essential to the carrying out of his duties. First of all, both parties must be agreed to accept him as the arbitrator, as the umpire as the mediator, as the ombudsman. Both parties must be agreed. Who is Jesus Christ? God the Father has agreed to appoint him as the mediator between God and man. He was chosen from all eternity. He was separated to this peculiar and difficult and unique task. He is Christ, the Anointed One, anointed to be the mediator between God and man. God the Father has agreed tonight that his Son should be the mediator. And I'm glad tonight, as a sinner saved by grace, that I'm agreed he should be my mediator. He is acceptable to God. And praise God, he's acceptable to every man that believes in Jesus. My, we rejoice in what he's done to that. We can say, yes, Lord Jesus. Dear man, from the band side, you know, I was evangelizing Terry's constituents today. We had four people saved from the band side this afternoon in Bellamina. And this man came in and he said to me, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I'm lost and I'm willing to receive Jesus. And he received him 
and his wife got saved as well. That was good. I walked outside the hall, and there was a big fellow almost as big as myself standing there, and I said, what about you? I knew. I said, what about you? He says, I made the great decision while you were preaching. He said, I trusted Christ in the seat. I said, are you sure? He said, I'm sure he has saved me. The both parties must be agreed. That's the start of it. Could I say that both parties must not only be agreed to accept him, but they must be fully agreed to leave the case entirely in the arbitrator's hands. He must have power given to him to do the job. And I'm glad that God has given Christ all power in heaven and on earth. He has got all power. He has all power to do the job. And thank God he came from heaven equipped to do the job. And he came down to this earth equipped to do the job. And I'm glad there's a sinner saved by grace. I put my case for arbitration in the hands of Jesus. I remember the day when I left it all in the nail-pierced hand of Christ. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Last Sunday evening, a dear Roman Catholic mother troubled about her soul. And during the past weeks, a voice within her was saying, Contact Mr. Paisley. He can show you the way of salvation. That's the Spirit of God does that, you know. And she got down the phone book and she looked for my name and couldn't find it. And she knew that Major Bunting was associated with me. And she got his name and she rang him up. And she said, I must see Mr. Paisley tonight. And he arranged for a place where we could meet in Ockram Street Hall. And last Sunday night she came there and she got gloriously saved. You know what she did? She put her case entirely in the hands of Jesus. She was out at the prayer meeting on Wednesday night to thank God that God had done the job. My friend, would you put your hands in the hands of Jesus? That's all. That's what salvation is. Just putting yourself into the hands of Jesus. Third thing about the ombudsman is this, the day's man. He must be a fit person to do the job. If a king and a beggar were to have arbitration between them, they don't appoint another king to do the job, for the other king wouldn't know the feelings of the beggar. He wouldn't understand the beggar's position and the beggar's outlook and the beggar's point of view. But I'm glad the Lord Jesus Christ is fitted for this task. Always oh, eternally God. Never deny his deity. He's co-equal and co-eternal with the Father. He's Jehovah of hosts. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But praise God, he didn't stay in the heights of heaven. He didn't remain isolated and separated from poor sinners that needed him. But over 1900 years ago, by the virgin's womb, 
He came down and he took human flesh and bones upon himself. He was made flesh and dwelt among us. And I want to tell you something about Jesus. He knows all about you, friend. I'm glad my Savior walked the path that I have walked. I'm glad when I go into the dark valley and look down at the dark path that I can see the footprints of Jesus there. I'm glad that Jesus has gone before me. He knows all about it, friend. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will die till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. You have stood at the grave, haven't you? Your heart has been all a-trembling. And your loved one lies there. And you long for the touch of the vanished hand and the sound of the voice that's still. But Jesus was there before you. He stood at the grave of his friend Lazarus and he wept. It's not a pain that rends the human heart, but the man of sorrows hath a part. He's fitted to save man. My dear man, with your temptations and your anxieties, and your burdens, and your cares, and your sins. Jesus understands them all, and he can help you tonight. He's able to help sinners. He's loving, and sweet, and tender, and forgiving. What a Savior he is. And then the last thing about an ombudsman essential to his work, he must have a great desire to settle the case. He must have a motive compelling him to do the job. Does the Lord Jesus Christ want to do the job? Praise God, he wants to do it tonight. His heart is overflowing with desires after you. Maybe you say, no man cares for my soul. That's what the psalmist said. He was so far down, he had hit the bedrock bottom of life's troubles, and he said, no man cares. For my soul. But Jesus cares for you. He has a desire to do the job. Those are the essentials to a day's man, an umpire, an ombudsman, a great middleman, a mediator. But what are the principles on which the ombudsman or the umpire must work? Uh, my friend, he must work on the terms of strictest justice. And the Lord Jesus Christ works on the terms of the most strict justice. I want to tell you that. He cannot allow his father's person to be defamed. He cannot allow his father's laws to be broken. He cannot allow his father's throne to be brought down in shame. Christ stands for strict justice. But he not only stands for strict justice, but praise God, he stands for fervent love. For God is love. And he loves his Father with an infinite love. But thank God, he loves sinners with an infinite love. There was a student in the school over in Barry where I was for a year. And he had one favorite hymn. And he used to sing it all the time. There is no love like the love of Jesus. 
never to fear or fall, till into the fold of the peace of God he has gathered us all. Jesus' love, precious love, boundless and pure and free. And you know, one day that young student went swimming in Barry and the tides carried him out and he was lost. And you know, I thought of that young man many a time since. And I thought of that hymn, I'm sure he sung it as he went down into the briny grave. Jesus' love, precious love, boundless and pure and free. Oh, turn to that love, weary wandering soul. He's pleading with thee. He works in the principle of strict justice and fervent love. Well, let us go into the great arbitration case tonight. God is the plaintiff. The sinner is the defendant. It's heard in the king's high court of justice. And God the Father presents his case. And he says, here are men and women, and I created them for my glory, and have done nothing but bring me shame. I made them for my honor, and they have done nothing but dishonor me. I made them that they might serve me, but they have served the devil and sin instead of me. I gave them breath in their nostrils and health to their bodies and clothes to wear and food to partake of. I blessed them with families and with love and with prosperity and they turned their back upon me and broke my laws. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. That's what God the Father says in the great arbitration case. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. That's the case of God the Father. And what does the defendant say? What are you saying, Christ-rejecting sinner? You know what you're saying tonight? You're saying, well, I am no worse than others. No worse than others. What a plea to make in court. My friend, because I haven't robbed the way another man has robbed, will not excuse me in the day of my trial for stealing. What a foolish argument to put before the arbitrator, and Christ must reject such an argument. And then there are sinners here who say, I have done many good things. My friend, you can do everything that's good, but if you offend in one point, you're a lawbreaker, and the law must take its course, and punishment must be meted out to you. No, that case 
cannot stand before the arbitrator's court. Then some of you are saying, I will do better tomorrow. My friend, if you are an immoral person and you refuse to commit any more immorality, that doesn't alter the fact that the scarlet stains already upon your soul. If you're a thief, and from this day forward you propose to thieve no more, that does not excuse your past thieving. You're still a thief. If you are a blasphemer and you propose tonight to curse no more and blaspheme no more, that, my friend, does not excuse your past. And then the sinner says, I have someone to bring with me. And the sinner brings in the church and the priest and the ordinances and the baptism and the communion and the confirmation. And they say, see, O oh God, I have done all these things. But God puts the finger upon the sinner and said, there is one thing needful. You must be born again. And there the sinner stands guilty and condemned and lost. And the arbitrator looks upon him and thank God he loves him. Isn't that a lovely verse? In the scriptures, he looked upon the young man, and it says he loved him. And he looks in the center, and he loves him. And he looks at the father, and he says, Father, your law must be kept. Father, someone must bear the load. Father, someone must be punished. And then the great days man steps down, and he takes God the father in one hand, and the sinner in the other hand, and he says, Father, I'll die for this man. I'll carry his burden for him. I'll be punished for him. I'll endure the fires of hell for him. I'll open my breast, and you can plunge the sword of justice into my heart and slake its flames in my crimson blood. Father, I'll be the day's man. Thank God, over 1,900 years ago, the day's man came. And he came to Gethsemane. And he bowed amidst the olive groves. And he sweat great drops of blood. And suddenly the writ against him was executed. And evil men came and arrested him. And they took him from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? They led him up to Calvary. <coughs> And they nailed him on an old tree. Men and women, I hear the sound of the hammer swung low. They are kneeling, my Lord, to the tree. And he's stripped naked. He's covered with a garment of his own precious blood. And he's crowned with thorns and he's bleeding. And he's bruised and he's battered. But thank God he's my day's man. And God looked down, and God said, human eyes dare not see what's happening. And God wrapped the cross in the darkness for three hours. And in the midst of that great darkness, Christ, the mighty maker, died for man, the creature's sin. Help me to understand it. My God, help me to take it in what it meant for thee. 
the Holy One, to bear away my sin. And friend, he's no longer dead. Hallelujah. They laid him in the tomb. They put a big sentinel to guard the tomb. What fools they were. They sealed it with a Roman seal. But on the third day, Jesus arose. Hallelujah. And he's risen tonight. And he's in the Ulster Hall. And he's holding out his nail-pierced hand to man. He's the great days man. Hallelujah. He's the ombudsman. He's the umpire. He's the arbitrator. And I'm glad there was a day in my heart's experience when he took me as a boy, knowing I was a sinner, and he got the hold of my hand, and he put it in the nail-pierced hand that had suffered at Calvary, and he got the hold of the Father's hand, and he brought us both together. And my friend, that Father God is my Father tonight. And the link that binds me and holds me eternally to God is Jesus Christ. He's the great middleman. He's the great umpire, the ombudsman, the mediator, the arbitrator. And he wants to be your savior tonight. Will you put out your hand and take him and go from this meeting rejoicing? I often sound that hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. But friend that took a prison sentence of three months to teach me the real meaning of that hymn. I had sung it many a time before. But in cell one of the prison hospital block, I used to kneel down every night, and I know I can't sing, but I certainly sung that hymn every night. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Jesus Christ is a wonderful Savior. Friend. Let me tell you a little story and then I'll finish preaching. I went some years ago to visit a dear woman in the hospital ward. She had gangrene. She was going to have her leg amputated. And she also had a serious com internal complaint. And she was to have a serious operation for that complaint. Her son is a member of our church. And do you know, friend, I prayed before I went to that hospital ward and I said, Oh God, help me to say something to this woman. And I said to myself, How would I feel if I was going to lose a limb, going to have a serious internal operation? I know that when it was all done, in a few months I would be gone. How would I feel? And I prayed and I said, God, help me. And do you know, friend, I couldn't get a verse I couldn't get any light, and I went in trembling, and I felt I'll never comfort this woman. And I came to where she was. She put out her hand, said, I'm so glad to meet you, Mr. Paisley. You led my son to Christ. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to meet you. And I just stood there. I couldn't say anything. I was speechless. And she said, Mr. Paisley, 
You know what I'm singing every day? I said, I don't know. She says, I'm just singing a little hymn. She says, do you know it? I said, what is it? She says, it's that little hymn, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to lean upon his promise. Just to know thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. And friend, I stood condemned. And I put my hand out and I held her trembling hand. And I said, Mother, is Jesus with you now? She says, Yes, he's with me now. And I'm going to lose my limb. And I'm going to have a very serious operation. And she says, young man, it'll soon be the breaking of the day for me. But I've got Jesus with me all the way. My friend, that's reality. That's not play acting. That's reality. And if you have got Jesus all the way, you're the happiest man this side of heaven. The happiest man, woman, this side of the glory land. You can have Jesus tonight. Will you take him? Will you trust him? Will you make him yours? God help you to do. Let's bow our hands.